don't matter if you just kidding just kidding hello everyone we are book record beer season six episode four uh and we have a a deli cookie of a show for you today and you'll know what i'm saying in just a few minutes (laughs) (laughs) little slash little slash licks i know yeah i mean he brought it he brought it yeah. Devoid of whatever affiliations that now has. But uh, let's get into it. That was my good friend and yours, Daniel DeFranco. Say hello. Hey. And of course, as well, in accompaniment. <laughs> I don't know what you were waiting for there. but it I, was, I was deflated. That was the sound of my, uh, that was the sound of me deflating. Just utter deflation. <laughs> I have nothing to contribute with that. But I do have another buddy. Uh, Nick Gregorio, say hello. Uh, hello. This Welcome. is, in fact, the worst week, but I'm happy to be doing this. I'm I'm happy I'm happy to see you as well, and uh, we can certainly commiserate because it has been a rough one. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, I had to have all my classes in the hallway because oh, my good. my room you could see your breath, and even with oh. hats and gloves and all this on, <laughs> a down coat for yours truly. Um, yeah, no good, no good. No, couldn't very think. Bad. Canterbury Tales was not having it. We're in this liminal post-winter, pre-spring space. And We're in Philadelphia just... in March is where we are. That's what <laughs> yeah. the fuck we are. And, yeah. and this is what it sounds and looks like. Yeah. 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 It's, it's beautiful outside, but you go out there, your nipples are going to tear right through <laughs> your shirt. Yeah, or your down <laughs> coat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And somehow you're sweating because of the humidity. Yeah. Dude, Bizarre. <laughs> bizarre like what the f pennsylvania um in any case nick what did you mean by a deli cookie this is what i meant we have a fantastic offering for you in our short story collection as you know season six because of new baby extravaganza aka season six we are doing short stories short story collections graphic novels these works that we can get through um and and really dig into but in smaller fashion so we have today robin black's collection if i loved you i would tell you this from 2010 um a philadelphian right uh we also have uh a canadian mostly canadian band the bassist will be very quick to point out uh called white lung their album sorry from 2012 their sophomore release and uh, I'm going to defer because I'm sure um, <laughs> my pick is, is not going to be the marquee pick for the beverage <laughs> this evening. Uh, I'm going to be made fun of. But you know what? Uh, I don't care. Um, Nick, why don't you tell us what you chose? I'm going to defer to you because you often have the marquee pick. I, um, it, it's a wishful thinking pick. It is called Spring. Treehouse, oh, oh, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic! My, uh, that's wonderful. I love it. Um, so we'll get into that. I'm very excited. Treehouse is excellent, and this is a delicious beer. I can't wait. Treehouse is spring. Wonderful, awesome. Yes. So let's jump right in, um, because Robin Black is a hell of a writer, um, but she also has the. And we're doing the title track story, which is "If I Loved You, I Would Tell You This." Um, Introductions. She has. <laughs> I was. I would, <laughs> yeah, I was pump faking. Yeah, I, I was about to say she has a, uh, in this story, bit of a contentious, contentious relationship between the protagonist and a neighbor. So if I uh, were to uh, there it is. <laughs> introduce my good buddies here as famous neighbors, um, this is how I would because we I'm have very a, excited. We have a neighborly <laughs> thing going on in both the book and the record. Uh, in the record, the band. Uh, the bassist is from Michigan and makes it very, very clear that she is not from Vancouver, a neighbor of 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 uh, Michigan, but not not Michigan. So um, in any case, friendly neighbors or famous neighbors, rather. Uh, here we go. Daniel may seem obvious, but for those of us, those listening who don't know you and I, um, you, my friend, would be my Wilson to uh, my Tim the Toolman Taylor. Oh, I like uh, it. A, a wise, so a wise sage, to my reckless, and uh, often uh, injurious 
uh, uh, shenanigans. Um, <laughs> I remember very distinctly Daniel coming over, uh, very, very gung-ho to help me finish a, a deck, and he happened to be over to help me with a part that was so precarious. We had rigged half a deck to essentially sit on a very precarious piece of wood and then I bolted all the things through he held it up on one end and then sat on it on the other to to offset the weight uh my god if I had a picture of that I would be just brought up on charges probably so there were yeah <laughs> L&I L&I was not gonna be uh signing that one off uh, <laughs> and it was it was it was fantastic though but yeah uh Daniel is certainly the Wilson to my Tim the Toolman Taylor without a doubt that's awesome and nick my famous neighbor totoro you my friend are totoro and you are totoro because you are the dude who we don't expect right this big cuddly teddy bear of a of a creature who's also lord of the forest <laughs> and goes <laughs> and I remember the first time we recorded I forget what song it was now where you came over to do vocals and I was Oh that so was Gandhi. That was propaganda. Yes, propaganda. So <laughs> impressed with your scream. I was like that's amazing. And have you ever seen uh the Studio Ghibli film My Neighbor Totoro? I have not. Oh, so this is something God, I'm gonna this have is to check lost out. on you then. Damn it. Yeah. It's uh, a, that. I'm going to have to check it out now. So good, dude. So good. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, Totoro is this, uh, this you know, sort of like primordial creature who's the, the lord of the forest. And he's like a big, fluffy guy. Um, but then the only <laughs> sound you hear from him is, and it's this massive growling. I'm not doing it justice. I'm doing more well, of a. Um, no, you're right. I mean, a that is me. It's definitely me. <laughs> but I, yeah, I picked that because I, I was so impressed. And the first time I saw my neighbor Totoro, I was like, oh, my God, what a great fucking yell. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so Nicholas Mahalik, if I were to introduce you as a neighbor, you would be Ned Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy Ned. Yeah, because I remember every time I knocked for you, you always, you always popped your head out and you said, what can I ding dong diddly do for you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, oh God! And and you, you nailed it on the head. Whenever I um, am alone by myself, I, I just picture your your ass <laughs> in a in a tight pair of jeans. Yep. Stupid sexy Flanders. Stupid sexy Flanders. <laughs> and some snow pants. Yeah. And whereas Flanders is saying it's like wearing nothing at all. You <laughs> often are wearing nothing at all. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. And I I always say um you know to my buddy Eric uh, it's a shame that you have the uh, devil's red hair. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> have, have you guys heard of the uh, Flanders-themed metal band called Oakley Doakley? Oakley Doakley, yeah, <laughs> yes. It's incredible. They dress like I mean, him. They, yeah, they got the sweater They, they kind of suck, but they're a lot of fun. Oh, my God, dude. The first time I saw that, I was like, I don't I don't care how good or bad this is. This is <laughs> no, you have to love it. You, you leaned into it so hard. <laughs> I fucking I love it. Yeah, wonderful. All right, good stuff. So, Famous Neighbors, we have moved forward. I, I will say, Daniel, I was very close um to giving you of course um mr rogers um but but i didn't i didn't do it because i just wilson was too good um let's jump in so uh we have if i loved you i would tell you this um fantastically there are i don't know if you guys versions um uh jillian bought this from robin black she did a reading in pretzel park once i don't know if you were there daniel or nick um, but it was like, it was a fantastic reading. And I, I feel like it might've been organized by, uh, King Izzard. Um, but I'm not sure. Oh, that was years ago, right? Years and years ago. Years. And yeah. Years. I, I think I was there. Yeah. It was really good. It was a fantastic reading. Yeah. And there was the, um, really funny author, a Greek woman who, who was doing yes. the voices and stuff. Right. Yes. It was fantastic. That was a great, that was a great afternoon. It was. Yeah. It was, it was, it was wonderful. Oh. And Jill, uh, actually fell in love with, um, Miss Black here and purchased her book and got her to sign it and stuff. And then <laughs> I don't know what happened to the signed copy. Um, so she has bought, uh, uh, I think numerous copies since <laughs> because she keeps <laughs> on misplacing it. So this is, this is where my copy comes from. And in the back, I say that to say there's like these questions and topics for discussion. And often these are garbage 
in books. Mm-hmm. I find. I don't yes. I don't care for them. Like as a teacher, I make all my own questions. Like I don't use They're like softballs. Things. They're like yes. what made you write this book? Yeah, and it's silly. Um this one's actually I thought pretty good. I don't know if you guys versions have that. I thought these were pretty good. Um not that I'm going to be taking from them to guide our discussion, but just as a note for um anybody who does pick this up and like does like a little book club with their friends, I would highly suggest it. I think it's uh it's fantastic what they did there. Um and I guess that's what happens when you're on Mother effing random house, perhaps. They're putting money into every aspect of it. Um, yeah, yeah. In any case, so when we're looking at this brief summary, uh, it, title track, If I Loved You, I Would Tell You This. That's the story we're looking at. We essentially have a woman who is married. Um, she has a disabled son who they have just had to put into a special care facility. Um, she is drinking quite a bit of scotch with her husband. And she is um, uh, going for treatment uh, for cancer. She's terminal. Terminal, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, giving nothing away. That's page one. Page you know? one, exactly. All that's there. And so I wanted to start with that. Like, what did we think about her leading with all that? Because it's not necessarily a short, short story either, right? It's, I mean, it's not a sprawling, freaking, I don't know, insert very long short story writer here. Um, but it, it, it isn't necessarily a, a short, short story. It's no flash, anything like that. So to me, I found it really impressive that I wasn't immediately bummed and going, mm-hmm. what else? Like, let's please, like, let's, let's, let's switch gears. Let's do something here. And I want to see something humorous. I didn't feel that at all. I was like, I was in it um, from the very beginning. So I just wanted you guys' initial takes on that because that was really, like you said, page one really overtly depressing and intense um but somehow gripping so she does a great thing in um, i mean she's just a fantastic writer so i, I don't know how um exactly she does she's it even though the words talented and it <laughs> that's all she does it um yeah. starting off saying woe is me i have cancer uh, i mean we can just read the uh we're not gonna get fired you no. know, or super. <laughs> Nobody's firing us but ourselves. <laughs> God damn it. I've been trying for six years. I know. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to you like grim death. If I loved you, I would tell you this. I would tell you that for all you know, I have cancer and that this is why you should be kind to me. That's the first. Yes. Like, that's the opening. Um, now, that's like if this was a workshop. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I don't start with that. That's that's milking sympathy from the reader. Right. But she uh, somehow doesn't make it seem like the woe is me. She uses it. I mean, she shifts gears. She shifts gears on page one as well to really like the metaphor for what is at the heart of the story. Right. Um, and she uses that. Uh, you know, if I loved you, I would tell you this. You know, I'm dying. Um, she uses that as um, what's the guy's name? Spambauer. That's your boy, right, Gregoria? Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Uh, in great. that Chuck, in that Chuck Palahniuk, um, essay about Amy Hempel, where he's talking about like minimalism, mm-hmm. um, which this is not minimalist writing, but it does have the uh, technique of horses, where you have something that you introduce in the beginning and it carries you through the story, and it's this idea of of the underneath you know the things that other people don't know and and in particular to this story it's this thing that the neighbor doesn't know yes and that kind of sets it up so um i forget exactly what your question was but i think that's my answer (laughs) i think that's a fantastic answer it was really (laughs) it was really how does honestly it was it was how does page one grip you really is what i was asking i guess because to me especially because i'm 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 bummed just like and very depressed right now right that's that's my like resting state right now mm-hmm. and 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 jumping into this i was amazed that that didn't make it worse that actually there was this this sort of lilt there um mm-hmm. that that was surprising to me so nick what did you what was yours um <clears throat> So I alluded to having a, a bad week. It's been a bad two weeks. So like my initial reading um, when we first chose this um, was automatically this is very sentimental and I don't think I'm in the right headspace for this. 
Sure. Um, reading it again, though, that that opening line, it's like, well, first thing I do is tell you I had cancer, so you'd be nice to me. You know what <laughs> I mean? It has like the, it had the, it had that one liner kind of vibe to it for me. And but it, it's but sh- it's a question. It's a question. Regardless, Daniel. Yeah. Follow me here. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm, yeah, I, yeah. I thought I was adding. And, yeah. <laughs> and I think it, um, it it became effective because of that. It it dropped that sentimentality. I think was me putting it on the story, mm. not what the story was doing, because the story is very good. And yeah, it's about what your where your brain is able to catch the tone. Um, and mine was not. <laughs> able to yeah. do that absolutely what do we think about that turn of phrase for all you know because that's throughout the entire thing as well mm-hmm. right um yeah. it it did the thing where like you say a thing enough and it loses all meaning you know mm-hmm. what i mean and it goes it, it just whew, flies away and then yeah. whew, it comes back and and it has more meaning um i thought that was really fantastic because i never thought about that turn of phrase before because i've heard it so much yeah you know? I she she does a, a a really good she's a good writer and she does a good job <laughs> doing this thing again. Um, it, so re, you know repetition is a technique, right? That's uh, nothing. Uh, sure. Yeah. So um, I I think that it's it's more about um, navigating these circumstances than I guess evoking sympathy for the you know for all you know. Right. right. It can come ac- it can come across as aggressive or mm-hmm. as a way to. Um, make someone else feel small mm-hmm. um but here it's 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 used as almost like a compass right to navigate her way through this relationship with this person yes during her circumstances who is her um, neighbor yeah. who i think we should say is someone who seems to be younger Duke. of more means and mm-hmm. um is not treating her or her husband or them as a couple or a family uh, as as sort of human beings there's not really a lot of respect um, there. And, and they have everything that our narrator doesn't youth, health, yep. a family um, a, a place where they can park their car and open their door right because in the in the, in the first meeting that we have with this neighbor really the, the, the only role that we see the neighbor having or, or, or connection to them beyond being obviously their next door neighbor is that they're putting up a fence mm-hmm. and it's going to be like six and a half feet high or some crazy sh- just uh, up to shit you know six feet six feet that's code that's but that's also enormous you know what i mean like that's that's so big um when you think about it uh because I could see right over that bitch. You couldn't, even, yeah, but like I couldn't see <laughs> fucking my Wilson if that were the case. That's true. <laughs> you know, God damn it. Um, and so uh, he he's doing that, and and he's very matter of fact. I'm within my rights to do this. I had somebody come out. The surveyor yeah. actually noted that these trees and a good portion of what you thought was yours in terms of land is actually mine. Um, and I thought that was such a fantastic little <clears throat> bit because. To Daniel's point, right, the the neighbor has everything that the protagonist does not, right? And not only that, they have even more when you look at it because even yeah. these trees and this land and this space that you thought for years has been yours, you're not even going to get a look at it anymore because I'm going to take it from you. The surveyor mm-hmm. said it's mine, and I'm going to put up this, this fucking fence, and it's going to be like they were never yours to begin with, right? I mean, the, the metaphor looms so fucking large in this thing. And you right, know like, what? It's only who is, in... Go for it. Who is the surveyor? You know, who is this person that makes these arbitrary things? Yes. We're going to move the goal here, the, the boundaries here, and, uh, yeah, we're going to put a fence up for good measure. You can't, you can't um, participate in this, this thing anymore that you used to be able to participate in, this enjoying beauty, nature, yeah. life, vitality. Fucking trees you thought were yours. So I love yeah. that you segued there. My question was going to be, is this hovering unknown, this 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 uh, uh, you know, grand surveyor, this 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 rule maker, is is it? Are we are we alluding to God? Are we alluding to the unknown in that in that grand realm, or is it is it man in a very literal and sort of like also metaphorical way that she's alluding to that that makes these rule ma- the makers? You know what I mean? Um, what do we what do we think? If, if I loved you, I. 
give you an answer, but uh. Um, I've never been in a in a in a situation where I'm very ill, um, but I, I would in trying to imagine that mm. I would think that I would blame the entire universe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. Cancer and, changes um, that whole. Yeah. Perspective. Yeah. Um, like for everything, like my my I, I, I the, there's too many uh, dust particles in my cereal. Like the, the just that perfect moment ruined. <laughs> um, um, so I, I would tend to think that this is like the universe encroaching on your stuff. Like this, this is what I had. You're taking everything from me, even the damn trees. Yeah, you know? yeah. But that's the thing for me is, and I think I've been. Um, really affected by one particular professor I had who drove home the idea that whenever we see nature, it's God. Whenever we see nature, it's God. Um, mm-hmm. And when the trees entered the mix, I couldn't help but, but think, you I know what that. I mean? Yeah, yeah. like that, yeah. that that was the, the, the connection there. And I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not sure I fully subscribe to that anymore, but that is something that always sticks with me. And, um, and yeah, I, I got to agree. The second cancer and then the trees showed up it, it, it seemed like this and it wasn't a shaking of the fist at, at some benevolent being it was more mm-hmm. or, um, just like is 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 this how, how does this get to be your lot because from the what we could gather about the character I, I don't see any great offense right I see an imperfect person but I just see a person really you know because mm-hmm. that's what we are um, and so it was one of those things where it was so crushingly real yeah. you know um it was like uh do you guys you know, like stephen fry at all yeah as like a writer and i would argue philosopher in some respects um, comedian the comedian stephen fry uh, yeah sure actor comedian writer i mean okay. he, do, he does it all right the big englishman big yeah, gay okay. big gay englishman <laughs> yeah. right so he um he went on a tear he was asked a question um by a a, a person who was overtly religious and uh they were trying to catch him in his agnostic or atheism right and and he he went on this tear about you know it was basically what would you say to god if god is real and and it happens to be real and you've been wrong this whole time and you meet him you know after and he said i would say what the fuck was with bone cancer in children what the fuck was with that you know and then he just he goes off on this on this whole thing and um you know it, it's it's sort of a defense of atheism in a way but also this this concept that that really just struck me in this which is like so many people who have not done enough to justify their lot are receive are getting that you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and it, it it was really crushingly brutally real uh in that way um so you, you bring religion in, and I don't know how far we want to go down this path, and I'm not sure how important this um, note I'm about to say is, is relevant, but my understanding um, of Robin Black is that she is a uh, practitioner of Judaism. Um, I just don't like saying people are Jews. I feel like that just sounds bad. Well, you just no can't matter. do it with a hard J, dude. So she's a ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and if there's a hard J, is, there's a soft this J. This is kind of making me feel uncomfortable, <laughs> Daniel. <It's laughs> you see what I'm saying? You can't eat. It's, it's, it's a weird thing for um, non-Jews. Well, because, How you know, the Lewis last Black four said. years especially, people have been really, you know, harping on, on I know. people. Hating yeah. folk. So, but I, I know my understanding of Judaism is that um, there is no afterlife. It is, right. it is um, well, there's, you know, you're, you just deal with your lot and... God is everywhere. You speak to him, like, but you're, you know, like, you're not going to some pearly gated bullshit, you know? But there's also no, like, crippling, fiery hell either, you know? Yeah. So it's, 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 it's in the face of this, it's in the face of this nothingness. They do have that right. And I feel like (laughs) that is, um, present in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. So that's the only reason I'm bringing it up. Like, it's not much saying, yeah. yeah. Um, to channel Elliot Smith. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really, that's a really strong point. I, I think that is, that is worthwhile because if that is your belief system, right? If that is w- where you see yourself headed faced with this, um, that's the thing that really, it does strike me so much like to be able to 
channel what seems to be something you must experience to be able to do so yeah. you know uh, and she does it she does it so well um it gives me the same feeling as listening to leonard cohen for some reason reading these short stories in here it's like they're slow meditations like mm. you know like you can just read this like oh yeah the metaphor of the fe-, you know like you can do that but there's there's something underneath that um robin black's scratching at you yeah. know it's if I loved you, I would tell you this. It, you know, I said it's like a question. It's not phrased as a question, but it, it, it almost looms like a question. It's like the, the narrator is questioning themselves. Or is it a god? You know, is it, is it something larger than the narrator? You know, yeah. I feel like that there's, there's an unknown here that is um, like really attractive. Exactly, yeah. I think one of the things that struck me, of course, with, you know, the as you said, question or not, if, if I loved you is like, do we think that there's a, an advocacy for being frugal with love to recognizing that perhaps, you know, not misers, but being frugal with, we only have so much time. And so we need to expend the love that we have on those of uh, those who are like the husband or the son and not necessarily the neighbor. Or is it that we're reading this the neighbor could very well be reading this and so perhaps that the opposite is true and that and that and that it should be sp- spread evenly because in the end you know it's it's better to 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 give love and be kind than it is to to maybe just um distribute i don't know that's a question i wrestle with you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so i don't know that that was one of the big things that also struck me about this piece and i don't know if you guys had thoughts or opinions on on that like because the way she presents it, it really, to me, seems like it could go either way. Yeah. Gregor? Uh, I, I feel like I'm going to launch into an enormous <laughs> um, just personal philosophy here, just because it's it's Well, why a, not? If it connects, obviously. Well, I mean, I, I, my, my thought process, you know, in, in, in developing the way I look at the world and, and believe in, in the world and humans is... Like you have an infinite well of love to give, and it is, uh, and it's a, it's the job. Do we think our protagonist know? is operating on that same premise? I guess because that does connect directly. If she yeah, does or if she um, doesn't. I, I would say it's the that that's the. If presented with those circumstances, you know, would I have such a sunny outlook on on how to deal with life i don't know if i would right um, so maybe it's i don't know <laughs> i truly don't know i think it's a but it's, right now you are of the mind we have an infinite well and we should i think more to the latter of what i was saying you know yeah, give as, as, as much as as we can to it, all and that we'd all be better for it perhaps yeah to me that's the, that's the gig but again if if i knew you know, this is over for no reason. This is happening to you for no reason other than you got the bad, you got the bad card. Yeah. Um, Would you then direct your love at those who you, you just want to go have it? I think I would be rageful. Mm. I think it would be the opposite. Sure. Yeah. Um, But again, lucky enough to not have to feel that. Sure. Yeah, so I mean, the way this ends, and I, I don't feel like we're gonna—I don't think you can spoil this well, because it's one short story out of a collection. I think that's one of the beautiful things about this season is that we really actually aren't spoiling a whole book, right? Yeah, but I mean, the the beauty of this story is, and I think a lot of short stories is is wallowing in it, not you know, sure. oh, that's how it ends, you know, this right. type of story. That's so, it. so, <laughs> um. Uh, so, Gregorio, to, to your kind of state right now, this last paragraph is like it's speaking to that, you know, but this is the narrator. But as I speak, I realize how little I want to say what I have learned, how reluctant I am to admit to Sam, that's the husband, what indifference truly means and has long meant to us both. I do not want to play a role in confirming that cruel universe that dwells inside my husband's eyes. But I do love him. I do. I love him very much, and so to him, if not to you, 
I speak the truth. And that's how it ends. So with that infinite well, she's making a decision, even though she doesn't, um, you know, she's reluctant. Mm. She is saying, but because I love him, I will speak the truth to him, not to you. And that's right. kind of where I got the whole, um, uh, mm. the, the, uh, uh, no, what would you call like the, the, the Hebrew God in Judaism? Is it the Judaic Yahweh. God? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like that's, it's this idea of speaking the truth. And I yeah. should mention that I, and all of the things I know about Judaism is from listening to Leonard Cohen songs. So <laughs> <laughs> I could be like, really not. <laughs> that's all right. But, Mine comes from Michael Chabon novels. So right. like, <laughs> and there is to, to be, to be sure there's various sects and various different belief systems mm -hmm. in that. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that is, um, it's interesting cause you, you conjured for me memories of first seeing the movie pie and how they're trying to find in the numbers the name of God and mm. how that yeah, is yeah, like yeah. essentially truth manifests and stuff. Um, and that's, you know, they they go back to some, I think, uh, ancient Judaic, like um, almost shamanism or something like that in, in that movie. In any case, um, yeah, it, it is it is one of those things. It almost read to me that end of the story that you have to earn the truth. You know, mm -hmm. and 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 you earn it by by sharing that love with someone who might, in the end, have uh, a snapshot of it or some piece of it to share with you. Mm -hmm. You know, as you go on and 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 things. And it, yeah, I mean, it it um, I thought it was, it was fascinating how we're able to think of all these these things that she's able to really touch on these grand things that she has essentially the cojones to approach these things you know what mm -hmm. i mean that are really they're they're huge and they're tough to write and, about and and it, what's even pretty spectacular i mean this is a this is a focused story on a person and how that but it's fucking cosmic yes you know? um and that's that is um a mark of a, a good writer dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, and so i did want to pivot briefly i have one more thing that i wanted to talk about because i think we all um we all might have an opinion on it. it's a little bit lighter too which was the idea that like you know we have this um close look at like relationships particularly those and 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 you know if you read the entire book it, there's a lot of references to like home and what it means to, to build a home and to be, you know, building a home with somebody. Um, and it, it got me thinking, like, that's something that to me I felt sort of wholly unprepared for, as if I had no education in what that should be other than, you know, the obvious um, upbringing that you have. Right. You have yeah. literally one example, really, of like what it means to live with somebody, to cohabitate. And yet it is a very clear step process or part of a step process in a serious relationship right yeah if we're in a serious yeah. relationship we cohabitate that's a step that's one of the things and i don't know this to me seemed like it was trying to like poke us a little bit and 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 think about like do you know how to live with somebody because if you know how to live with somebody when the worst comes it won't be as sort of overwhelming and, and, and impossible to bear. Um, but it just had me thinking, like, do you know how to live with someone else? Um, and so I just wanted to throw that out there and, and, and think, like, do you do we think, like, for me, I literally started thinking, I guess because my teacher hat's on, like, do we need to educate people on how to live with one another, right? Like, yes. in, 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 <laughs> a, in this way. I, but that's never crossed my mind before my entire life. That's never crossed my mind. Like, I wish I had some right. training on this. You know what I mean? That, but when you get thrown a new baby and they you realize you don't they don't give you a book, they don't give you anything. You just are like they're like keep it alive. Don't shake it. Just make sure you don't fucking shake it. Um that starts That's pretty like, much all they say, exactly. too. Exactly. You get like 14 hours of training on that. And but then th this really started me thinking on that other thing, which is like you also don't get any training on how to live with somebody else. Yeah. Uh I had never even thought about it until this very moment. And, and all I'm thinking of is like, you know, from, I don't know, the age of 17 till 30, I was able to, I was doing things that could blow my life up at any minute. You know what I mean? Just because that's yep. where I, that's where I was. And, and now 
like not too far removed from that. I, I, I look and I say like, well, there's a th- like what like why would I even want to try to do a thing that could possibly blow my life up? Because maybe I just started figuring this out, but I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I would have liked to have known that prior to you know the tail end of 36. Like, does it need to be, I guess, does it need to be like a trial by fire or do we think we could stand to have some? And does that maybe exist? I wonder if there's people like, because what, this podcast goes out to however many dozens of countries, right? I, I wonder if there's people in one of those or many of those dozens of countries that's like, uh, dude, we we get the fucking, you know, this is like 11th grade you're talking about here. You know what I mean? I don't know what accent that was. That was crazy. Yeah, that was weird. But <laughs> I I, you know, know, it worked. I don't know. I think I wanted to do Dutch because I see the <laughs> I see the, the the Dutch is like just so ahead of the game and and every possible thing. You know what I mean? um, but in any case, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Daniel. Um, I got nothing on that on that on that front except <laughs> I feel like we we do have trading. We live with our families while we're growing up. Yeah, yeah but that's not romantic. And that's it's not, not but the same, you know what I mean? You still, I mean... You're not choosing that. I think that's the thing, is like, yeah. to live with somebody you choose is much different than so... Because there's so many... There's a, a completely different way to navigate it, um, yeah. in my opinion. I think... Um, if, uh, so, in, in in learning to... You know, in the last couple of years, I kind of figured out that, like, uh, you got to learn by doing. You got to do the thing that scares you. You're never going to learn how to do it. Eat the fucking frog. Eat the frog, change the diaper, you know, oh, yeah. um, you know, all that. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. yesterday, for example, like I, my, my principals on maternity leave, I had to um, expel a student because they jumped someone on a bus. Um, Jesus. Yeah. And that was I, I just had to do it. Yep. You just got to do it. Yeah. I guess that's the thing. Like to me, it, it does connect largely with um, this idea of. Of, of love in a grand way like that is literally like you almost like by living with someone learn how to love someone as well you know in a completely different way than you're used to because it's very easy to live in your own place and love somebody you know what i mean like <laughs> i love you but i get to go sleep in yeah. the way that i want and eat the way that i want and live the way that but i love you from this hour to this hour you know what i mean yeah. and then it, it is a completely different animal and um i think it gets it gets so much more intense when you think about this, having a son with a disability that you have to think, I love you enough to know that I can't care for you in the way you need. And I need to put you in this home, that mm-hmm. fucking decision. Right. And that's, I know I love you so much. I can't live with you anymore. Right. And then I, I, I the, the husband in this case has to consider this when, you know, what it would be like to live with someone who has, cancer and is terminal right and is going to die and you're there and you're their person and you have to take care of them like like that like what does love mean in that scenario and it's much different than all the loves that were were previous you know so i don't know i felt that she's able to cover all this grand stuff in, in such a short scope and i just kept coming back to like why don't we get a book like even a book just like a, a book of like, because we wouldn't listen to it, even if we got it. That's true. Because you have, <laughs> like you said, you got to eat the frog. You got to do it to know it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like you got to want to like something. It's like whiskey, man. Life's like whiskey. Yeah, you just You're not going to like it at first. You, you like got to keep drinking it until it's good. <laughs> in, the ter- in terms of romance, that, that skews the, the point a little bit. Well, I mean, hey, you just got to keep drinking that bitter, too. noxious poison <laughs> until until it tastes all right. Yeah, <laughs> eventually, it's, you know, it's going to taste like, mm, mm, mm. I look forward to that poison <laughs> running down my throat, warming me yeah. up while killing me. <laughs> oh, wow. We've stumbled on something. Awesome. Uh, I have no other closing points or arguments or thoughts. That was where I ended. That's where my notes end. Um, well, I mean, if a short story can do pretty much more than most novels that I've read in the last year and a half, that's um, that's impressive. Yes. Fantastic pick, Daniel. Thank you. Um, well she done. is a fantastic writer, and I'm um, just happy to uh, 
have have discovered this book. I think I might have been at that reading. It was God in damn it! If it was at Pretzel Park and you weren't there, it's fucking ridiculous. Well, I it think was, all three of us were there. It was like in the afternoon. It was like a an author's yeah. brunch, right? But in all any right. case, no. My that's my final thought on this is that it's uh it's, it's it doesn't matter beautiful... it was 10 years ago <laughs> no no yeah it's <laughs> it's a beautiful book and um uh i'm just happy to always kind of engage with it she's one of my favorite writers so fantastic absolutely um moving forward into the white lung so when i said a deli cookie that's what i meant the black and white cookie we have robin black and then of course white lung uh we gotta are... look to the cookie Look to the cookie. Look to the cookie, Jerry. Um, <laughs> White Lung 2012 sophomore album. They are from Vancouver. As I said, the uh, basis, I was watching a lot of their live stuff, as I do, um, to get a true sense of who they are. Um, and they did a um, KXP, a couple of KXP performances, I think. And in the one, they I think they were at the end of a really long tour because – the singer had like had it and the interviewer <laughs> had like done her research i think enough but like misspoke or attributed a cover to a side project from one of the other members and was about to add like was basically trying to stay wait to ask them to play the cover on air and mm-hmm. the singer was like well, you'd fucking have to ask the other guitarist to do that in this other band because we don't fucking play that song. And I was like, oh, snap. Um, and then, like, right after that, she was like, so, do you guys, like, all still live in Vancouver? And the bassist was like, I'm not from fucking Canada. I'm from fucking Michigan. But they weren't, like, being assholes. You have to watch it because I'm not doing it justice. But she was like, I have to, like, make that very clear. Like, I have nothing against Canada, but I'm not, I'm not from Canada. I'm from Michigan. <laughs> sounds like Sounds like a weird thing to get upset about yeah it's it's bizarre it was it was a little strange actually but like you could literally throw a rock and hit like i'm not being like you know facetious you could you could stand on the banks of (laughs) i could i'm not sure if you could i could um but yeah no they uh the the, uh the interview was weird but the performance was fantastic and for me one of the things that i really like about this band that actually does also shine through on the album is that there is a raw live energy that comes through really really strongly and for me um one of the things and one of the reasons why i I picked this to accompany daniel's uh book pick was that you know say what you will about courtney love or whatever but early hole is raw and fantastic and it really harkens back to that riot girl ethos and bikini kill and that kind of thing. And white lung for me takes that to a place that honestly, I think the musicianship is a little bit elevated. Daniel, you might Mm -hmm. disagree on that, but I feel like the musicianship is a little, it strays from the origin punk to more of the technical hardcore, um, not to get too in the weeds about that, but that. No, that you're is, right with the discordant um, notes that they're hitting in. There's Wilhelm fashion. scream overtones yeah. and all this stuff. Okay, really I, I I gotta stop you. I I think you guys are fucking with me <laughs> <laughs> because I listened to this album a couple times and maybe we're listening to different things. Mine is. Remember that one time I listened to the Promise Ring. Uh, this I'm, this might be my moment. This is. <laughs> Sorry, White Long. Correct. Yeah. Uh, ten tracks. My yeah, it's like it's like nineteen, 19 minutes long. Minutes. It's nineteen technically minutes. an EP. <laughs> yeah. And they're all at like like quarter speed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. It's, it's it's and the drummer is a real person, a real live woman who No, okay. Okay, so this all sounds like it's like molasses. These songs are probably thirty seconds long and they slowed them down. Right? <laughs> I knew you'd hate it. <laughs> no, your 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 talk. The I read some reviews. It's like clearly, we're not. I must have listened to the wrong thing. I mean, I, I don't. I it's. I don't know if you're like joking or being ironic with. The, no, I'm, the I'm, I'm slow, thousand percent being it's serious. Not, it's not slow. It's fast. You thought it was slow. It's very Dude, fast. No way. What? I might be listening to the wrong thing. I'm going to so turn my volume up here. I want to, I'm going to play you for a second that I'm listening to. I mean, you're, 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 you're again, I have nothing. nothing. You're playing nothing. nothing. 
Um, um, you didn't hear that come through? Here, no. Here's the thing, and this is what might be throwing you, is we have – and obviously, if we're talking about tempo, we're, we're talking about the drummer, right? We're talking about the rhythm section. What she does is, is pretty interesting. Like, do you guys listen to Big Black, Steve mm-hmm. Albini's band? Right? So he, they had no drummer. They had a drum machine. They had Roland, and that was like a member of the band. And, you, you know, it was, it was one of the early drum machines that you could program. Some of the songs, uh, maybe 50% of the songs, sound like it could be a drum machine. Um, they do. Or me playing drums. Exactly, right? And so there's <laughs> that. But as I was listening to it, what I was noticing was she's hitting on one, pretty much most of the time, this, this symbol. And the symbol almost becomes the snare drum. And if you're listening to it like that, then the tempo literally is quartered. Right. It's it's at a quarter of the speed that it actually actually is, which is like a weird but sort of like I don't know if it was because I listened to it so many times and prep for this um, really uh, almost bizarre effect that it had on re-listening to this because like bag and glue are my two favorite tracks and I have them on like numerous different playlists and I listen to them all the time. There's um, not a single drum on this album. I think you guys are absolutely fucking with me. Oh, dude, you haven't listened to the right album then. You've, 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 I, I just sent you a picture of what I'm listening to. I mean, technically, that's that's the one. But were you listening to you like? Did you listen to a weird version? My friend listens to podcasts at two times speed, so he can listen to more. Did you turn it? Down? You can't. No, it's on Apple Music. You can't. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Apple Music after with it. I, 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 I there's, listen there's to there's fucking drums. Oh, we we should. This is ridiculous. I feel this like you're ridiculous. gaslighting us, and this is madness. <laughs> I feel like right you're now. gaslighting me. This is madness. Because <laughs> I wanted to. About if there's drums on a punk album or not, there's drums. And there's drums there's in every goddamn song. I I'm not going to debate if there's drums on this album or not. There's and drums I think on this you're, album. I think you're fucking with me when <laughs> I played Christ. it, and you're like, you're not playing anything. It literally well, is coming out of my. F- it, it was just. Bleh. That's what I heard. Bleh. Oh well, that's well, that's what I'm hearing. But that's what something wrong with your thing, because it is a. That's what she said. Here's Bag. Daniel, you're not. You're not. That, that you, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. What you just played, Bag <laughs> is so goddamn fast and awesome. Think about what Nick would like to play. What, That's like, it? What, what would be Nick's <laughs> default thing that he would play? The only it's thing bag. I could play on drums is this. It's just. Yeah. Bag is actually the most drum machine-y song, too, which is so bizarre that I like it the most, too. But it, it just, it wails. The guitars are so fucking fast. They're very Hella-esque. In any case. I think there's something, the something Daniel, wrong in the multiverse. God damn it. You guys talk about it. I'm just going to sip it. You guys yeah, talk about it. We're going to have to now because you, you've, you've promised Ring Yourself. You have promised Ring Yourself. You have promised Ring Yourself. I don't think you did it on purpose as... Perhaps Gregorio did because he wanted to listen to Promise Ring instead. I did not want to listen to Promise, although it's not bad. I was going to say, it feels like something you do. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But in any case, yeah, Nick, you've seen these guys live. They play, Many there's times. actually, there's a live, um, I found a full set from them at um, down in South Philly off of Broad, on Broad, actually, at Boot and Saddle. It must have been recent because yeah. Boot and Saddle just recently closed. Um, yeah. they, but I, I saw them down at, uh, they recently I saw them down at Fest. Reopened. Did they really? They're oh, going to reopen. Fantastic. That place was really cool. I saw Jessica Lee Mayfield there. She walked through the crowd to get on stage. It was it was uh, surreal because it's such a small place and like you have to. There's no green room. Right. Exactly. Back. But like but like you know she's one of Jill's favorites. So like when she walked through, we were like, oh my god. Um, but in any case, uh, and it's a fucking killer thing. My thing that I love about White Lung the most is. Um, uh, the singer's voice. I, I, I think yeah, she's great. She's fucking awesome. She is really, really awesome. Um, she plays with like cadence and um, melody, melody in really neat ways. Dude, like, in glue, she's like thin lizzying with her voice and the guitar. It's it's um, it's amazing. Like somehow, like these th- these are hooks, but she's just yelling. Yeah, sort of, sort of. Um, I mean, she's but, got that guttural. I love that she's got, and I guess that's where I get the whole sort of connection. With like Courtney Love has that can get deep, and yeah. and, and get into. But in any case, t- take it away. I'm sorry. She reminds me very much of uh, Shauna from War on Women. Um, yeah. But it's also a, a Riot Girl sort of trope where they they go real high and then come down again on a certain line. Right. Um, but um, I've seen White Long many times. Um, I have this album on on vinyl. As a matter of fact. Oh shit. I like it. Yeah. Is it good? Um, 
It's great. This is one I, I'm not sure I would go. I'm going to need that on vinyl just because it's so Well, I bought it. Abrasive. I saw them at Fest, and it was um, – I, I was entranced, mostly because they, their music is really dark-sounding. And yeah, dude. It's, it feels genuine. As like some bands like play dark-sounding music, and you're like, they're just a bunch of goofballs. Like I think these yeah. people are actually disturbed. <laughs> yeah i mean you read her uh-huh. lyrics too and you're like this is this is yeah. this is weird dude like glue especially yeah. like yeah um so they kind of they kind of scare me which is cool Re- watch that um, w x i don't know if i want to because i watch the <laughs> I feel like the those real... interviews make me feel weird I felt I felt for the girl who was doing it because yeah. she was a fan she had seen them a bunch of times yeah. and i was like oh you you're gonna find so yourself you in a, a world of hurt if you make yeah. another m- m- misstep here. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, but a buddy of mine was like, "We're gonna see this. This we're gonna see White Long," and we went, and it's seemingly simple punk punk music. The guitars are really discordant. Guitars are crazy um, though. Crazy, and then when you go deeper, Blood into them, they're they're, they're riff- yeah, they're riffing really hard. Yep. pretty much all the time. Yeah, um, a lot of noodling. A lot of noodling. Um, so this is, and it's 19 minutes. I mean, you, you crush this album in a drive to the, the uh, supermarket. Right. Which, yeah. I yeah, I have the the insane privilege of having some, like, really, really, really knowledgeable audiophiles send me a song every so often and go, I think this is up for reality. I think you'd like this. And then I'm like, fucking yes. And <laughs> I got sent bag from my buddy... Zach like years and years ago um, and he was like dude this sounds like a Nick song and I was like this is the most Nick song to ever be a Nick song this is crazy <laughs> and yeah just just crush it and and also he was the same dude who sent me Jaws 3 People 0 Wilhelm Scream nice. he was like yeah. this, this sounds like a Nick song I think you fucking like it he <laughs> inadvertently talked about punk shows at the fire we saw Wilhelm Scream at the fire yes. and uh, we were obviously you know in the pit and he, I don't know what he thought he was doing, but he was in the pit and he turned and grabbed a person and threw them out that side. <laughs> it's like, like fucking DJ Jazzy Jeff style, like fucking just out the side door. I saw, I, I just saw the whole thing happen. And it was very clear he had no idea he'd he'd fucking he'd fucking done it. But that I think is the essence of of White Lung for me. Like I could see just being in it and just and just tossing somebody like DJ Jazzy Jeff out out of the front door of a Bel Air mansion. Um, you want to run around in a circle. You want to yell, and you you just want to you want to feel kind of gritty. Yeah, and that's what this is. It's simple. It's cool. It's not my favorite band. They're really good. This is a good album. I although like I, I, I never listened to any other other albums because I kind of figured this is it. That's true. I I think I listened to the first one or the one that came after this, and so many of the songs on this and this as like a un, as like a, a cohesive thing works really well. I mean, how could yeah. it not? It's 19 minutes. It might as well be a song. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, so uh, it's it is it is super cool in that way. Um, yeah, I, I I thought it was fantastic. I'm uh, a little bit annoyed that I couldn't be annoyed at Daniel's genuine reaction to it because he didn't fucking <laughs> actually listen to it. But like, I think in, when it came out, it was like Rolling Stone or something gave it like top ten notable albums of the year or something like that. Like it got wow, some insane, yeah, it got some insane award from a big. It was Rolling Stone. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's what the that's what the the nod was, um, yeah. but again, you know, we know how I and I think we feel about awards and things of that nature. But yeah. um, it was it received critical acclaim, and I think deservedly so because it is doing like we've already said a lot of stuff, uh, lot of stuff. At, at once, you know, yeah. and elevating what is a niche uh, sort of genre like yeah. Riot Girl so hardcore punk. <laughs> I, I feel like literally I could, and I'm a bad drummer, and not to say anything about their drummer, but I could. I feel like I could just go and drum to that record, and that's pretty cool. You could definitely do Bag. I listened to it, obviously, a bunch of times in prep, and I had the same thought, but when I listened a little bit more closely, I was like, "There's act- like you have to be really well-conditioned to play this album oh you're gonna be tired you would be yeah like (laughs) you would go for it and then at the end of bag you'd be like i can't 
Nine, listen, I, 19 minutes of that, okay. it'd be like, I gotta take a nap. Yeah. Yeah, a dump and a nap. Just your body's like, I'm I, yeah. in survival mode right now. We're fighting, fight or flight, man. You are flying. You're um, in trouble, bud. Yeah, it's all over. Um, yeah, so excellent, excellent. Uh, Great. White Long, I'd strongly suggest, you know, um, listening to it, Daniel, yourself included. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah, I can't wait to actually listen to it for real. It was crazy what you were playing. That was just fl- a droning hum. Dude, I. So track one, I was like, okay, cool. Lots of, it's a minute. Lots of things do like a tape slow thing and, you know. Yeah. And then track two is the same. Something and then track three with Apple Music, dude. Yeah. Ultimately, whether you uh, heard the, the drone or the <laughs> actual album, uh, I think we should, we should move forward and encourage people just to listen to the actual fucking album. I don't know how that yeah. happened. Uh, but <laughs> it, it clearly did. Uh, we have the evidence. Um, and, and maybe we'll have some sort of commentary on it uh, another time from, from, from Daniel. Um, but let's move into uh, Spring, Treehouse Brewery Spring. Yes, I, sir. I'm I saw practice. a buddy of mine who, who does a – he's actually like the insurance guy for microbrews and, 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 you know, those, those types of dudes. He has a podcast about beer. He just went to Treehouse the other day. I had no idea that the complex was this oh. massive, oh, wow. huge thing. It's yeah. it's wild, man. And they distribute nowhere. You can get it nowhere. That's what I was thinking. How yeah. how does it? And it's just a destination then, which I think it's is a destination. It's brilliant. You drive then. four hours. You wait in line for two hours. You have a couple beers and you drive home. It's kind of brilliant. It's brilliant. It's it is. It, the, there's a, a reason listen the, the beer is good it's really great some of my favorite ever the issue is is it good because i can't get it all the time sure. or is it good because of the chase yeah you know like uh yeah They're making the I heart know, I, I tend to think that it's just really goddamn good beer plus the chase i mean it's got to be at a certain point it's excellent you wouldn't excellent. you wouldn't keep going you know what i mean no and these these guys are they're our age <laughs> wow yeah and, they probably pull in a smooth mill a day. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, because the complex looks massive and amazing. And, yeah. And, just and like, like the, the interesting thing about, about Treehouse um, is they started obviously really small because they were a, a microbrew. And um, when they became so popular and they had to expand, they got this big location. They, they tripled their, their production. Um, but none of their recipes worked for the size of the production. Oh, so, Jesus. So they floundered for about a year because they couldn't get their recipes right. Um, oh, jeez, that's then, crazy. Yeah, and then when they finally did, they earned all their their fandom back. Jeez, wow, yeah. that's a that's a hell of a thing to have. <laughs> wow, <laughs> man, yeah. like that's that's dedication. I really like literally, you have to be dedicated to make sure. It went oh, through. and like you, you should see this operation, like inside, like the, these tanks. It's like going to the goddamn aquarium. It look it looks massive. <laughs> um, there's so much glass on the building. I and, think we three should take a drive up there. That'd be a hell that, of a day. That would be awesome. We definitely should. That would be yeah. so much fun. I would love to see that place. So I don't know if Daniel would like any of the beer. <laughs> is it? Is mostly it, IPAs. Well, yeah. Is it all IPAs? Is that what the spring is like? An IPA. So spring is an IPA. Uh, it's a it's a it's an imperial. It's brewed with uh, Warrior, Amarillo, Mosaic, and Citra. Um, it's thick and yellow and uh, aromas of tangerines and cantaloupe. Oh, cantaloupe! That's interesting. Yeah. So it's gonna. It's not, crack th- that not guy. something you find in a brew too often. Mm. No. Well, but they, um, <laughs> you know, they, they hear the the um, the finest. Like you can tell a brewer is good by how their pilsners taste. Mm. And Treehouse does make a pilsner, and it's like it's out of this world. That sounds like something somebody would say. Hey, you could tell. It that, does uh, sound like something something somebody <laughs> would say. But well, <laughs> I will have I have had the experience where you're like. If you like their IPAs, you go and have their lager. It'll knock your socks it's off. It's very it's well this is the thing. You can tell a player, like what's related to the music, right? You can tell a good guitar player if they plug in straight from guitar to amp, no effects, nothing like that. How do you play, right? It's, that's what a pilsner is because you can mask 
uh, a fucking beer or imperfection yes. with tons of, 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 you know, sort of like dry hopping and all this other stuff that yeah. you can. You can't mask you can nothing in. in a Pilsner. Yeah. Nothing. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they wow. often taste like uh, just, just funk. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm going to take a sippy sip of this. Mm. Go for it. I wonder if they roast their own malts. That's something I've always wondered about these bigger productions. Wow. Like, do they roast their own malts or do they. Like that, I don't know. I know they have their own strain of yeast. Like they have a comedian oh, come in right. and just like make fun of the the grain. Your <laughs> your malt is so big. Yeah. I, uh, I yeah. I was, well, just think about it. like the better coffee places are roasters, right? They roast yeah. their own beans and stuff. Um, how is it? How is it, Nick? <laughs> so it's jelly. fabulous. <laughs> it's so fucking jelly. There's it's like sunlight dear listener like just hitting his glass right now it's this like very clear (laughs) oh god like thick orangey deliciousness with a a perfect uh head of foam on there and it is it is outrageous so what's the Um, front what's the front what's the back and you're getting immediate citrus immediate um and then you kind of get the hops in the back uh and the hops are yeah and the the hops are you know, when somebody says something is hoppy, I think like 90 minute. You know what I mean? Sure. Like that's hoppy. It yeah. doesn't hit like that. It's very, mo- it's much more subtle. Um, but it's, it's, it's like a, it's outrageous. I think of like <laughs> an original Lagunitas IPA recipe. The When I first had that, it's not quite the same anymore. And I don't know why. But I remember when I first had that. I love that you got this like little bit of tang and sweetness in the yeah. front and then it just finished with this like coating of hop. Um, yeah. and it was just this really nice balance. Yeah. Um, which uh, I've been chasing that like a fucking dragon for years now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, this is a, they kind of knock my socks off every time I have one of their beers. So it's and awesome. this is just one of those. It's excellent. It's excellent. Yeah, I was uh, I was imbibing uh, a uh, a white claw to keep with the white black deli cookie theme. Uh, Listen, little, ain't nothing wrong little, with a white claw. Little little having a, having a hey. kiss. There you hey, go. Hey, there you go. There we go. Damn All right, let's Nick, just some basic bitches over here. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's 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 jump into rev- into a rating system. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, what do you got for us, my man? All right, um, I give Robin Black's "If I Loved You, I Would Tell You This." I give it twelve out of twelve bouquets of forget me nuts. Ooh, I like it. I give um, white long sorry um, the distortion distort a distorted amount of uh, <laughs> bouquets of forget me nuts. Discordant, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm not going to rate the beer because we've done Guinness before, and um, I, I can just tell by the look of that beer that Nick had that I would definitely give it a zero. Maybe a one. <laughs> Maybe a one. <laughs> so You would, too. Yeah. <laughs> you would hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to have to – yeah, I'm going to echo – I'm giving Robin Black's If I Loved You, I would tell you this, a, a 12 out of 12 bouquets of forget-me-nots. Uh, White Lungs, sorry. I'm giving a 10 out of 12 uh, bouquets out of, of forget-me-nots and um, you know White Claw I just give a, a, a 5 out of 12 whatever the right in the middle because usually I just put tequila in it and that yeah. makes it <laughs> the fuck whatever you know what I mean like that's what I do <laughs> I literally make Palomas with those I get I only buy the grapefruit ones and then I put a couple shots of tequila in squeeze some lime and it's just a Paloma instead of sugar and soda I use uh, White Claws yeah so. Take that to did the I, bank, dear listener. <laughs> Enjoy did your I ever, summer. Did we talk about the meme about uh, seltzer and how, or like a, like White Claws? It's, uh, just a fizzy water with somebody screaming the name of a fruit from the other room. Yes. Yeah, we talked about that <laughs> during Kaylee's. said that well, when Kaylee was drinking some yeah, that's right. regular yeah. seltzer. Yeah. Accurate. Um, Very accurate. But um, Okay, so um, I will give our story uh, – and eleven out of twelve bouquets of forget me nuts. Why are you? Give, a, why are you a monster? <laughs> mostly because of um, I can't. I can't just walk away from my initial read. Like yeah. that was a thing that I felt. Sure, I get it. Um, uh, um, and then I'll give White Lungs sorry uh, a ten uh, uh, of twelve. I think that's really accurate. It's one of those records that 
I really love every time I listen to it, but I don't listen to it much. Um, yeah, exactly. So that's a 10 out of 12. And then I'll give Treehouse's Spring a 17 out of 12 <laughs> bouquets of Forget-Me-Nuts. <laughs> that is uh, some pollen there right there, my that, friend. Wow, that is bold. Mostly because there's I'm loaded off this now. Yeah. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. All right. Well, dear listener, uh, very, very, especially if you're from the the Philadelphia area, look out for anything. Robin Black readings, new publications, right? Support your your local author um, as one should. Uh, And uh, I think she's living in New York now, though. But God damn it. (laughs) Traitor. She's she's let us go. In any case, um, she should still be supported. She's fantastic. And uh, Nick, give us the old, um, give us the old socias. Hey, thanks for listening, folks. Wanting to check us out on social media or on Facebook.com at Book Record Beer Podcast. We're on Twitter at Book Record Beer and Instagram at Book.Record.Beer. We're everywhere you can listen to a podcast. So tell your friends or your friend if you're not that popular. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.